Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features Nicole Bailey, whose birth resembles a plan that many of us strive for. Labor at home as long as possible, arrive at the hospital almost completely dilated, and deliver your baby within the hour. For Nicole, she found her birth to be very gentle and peaceful. She came out feeling stronger and believing in the power of trusting her body, baby, and canceling fear. Hello, Nicole. Welcome to the show. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I, I do have to tell you guys, I feel so valued um, that you guys asked me to share my story because I often feel like people don't really want to hear this simple story. If it's not like traumatic, like it's not relatable and it's kind of rare. So I felt uh, during postpartum when I was at mommy groups and if I shared anything about my story that was like simple, it was just like, you know, like they just, okay, well, that's nice for you. Or I would have liked to do that, but and it, made, it made it very awkward, like to not be comfortable sharing your story. Let me tell you something. <laughs> that's what y'all do here. <laughs> Right. This, every story, every single story is valid and needs to be heard and needs to be shared. And there's always someone who can connect to either all of it or parts of it. Um, and if no one connects with it, it's still a valid experience that happened and transformed a life and a family. A life came from that. So I think it settles people. It settles people mm. into knowing like birth can be normal and it yeah. can be smooth. It can be these things. And so often women are saying, I don't have a story um, because it doesn't have this high ends of drama. And things. <laughs> it's still a story. It's very valid. And it almost reminds me of you saying it like that kind of reminds me, Nicole, of like survivor's remorse, right? Like mm. all these people are going through these traumatic things and that yours is like, well, I went through birth and it wasn't like that. And I think that most people are going through birth and it's not all these um, extremes to it and that they just don't feel like they have enough to share. Like it's nothing that someone wants to listen to. Absolutely. These are the stories we want women listening to right. um, before they right. go into labor and birth so they can release some of that fear and knowing that things can just go smoothly. And that right. is all right. And that is good. Right. <laughs> that is like my new thing to like advocate for. I'm like things that actually create all that fear. Like you're, it becomes bottled up in women. Like, am I dialed? Am I this? I'm not. Relax. Relax. That's the best way to start it. Yes. Well, can you tell us about your family and yourself? Yes. So um, I grew up in a military family. Um, my mom and dad um, been married for like over 35 years. Um, I honestly was a little afraid to be a mom because I saw how like selfless my mom was with having to move all the time with my dad. So I was kind of apprehensive. Like I was like, oh man, I could be a mom, but it wasn't like on my bucket list of things to do um, until I met my partner. So I met him at a wedding um, back in 2015. We're both from like south of Richmond. Um, uh, a small area like Prince George, Petersburg, Plant Heights, and another area. But um, we met at a wedding. That couple was from that area too. 
do. And he just came up to me and we literally have been like inseparable ever since. Um, and so after dating him for a couple of years, it's like, I could see him being a dad. I could see him being a dad. And it kind of like moved the needle for me. It was more just like seeing that he should be a dad and seeing like all he had to offer, all his gifts he had to offer. And I was like, oh, I should be a mom. <laughs> and that is, and now there's three of us. So it's uh, me, him, and our baby girl, Allie. Alexandria is her full name. Um, we were, I think I was 32 when I conceived. Um, and we just started like planning out our life together. And, you know, the cost of rent and everything. We was like, we might as well just have this baby. I don't know when we're going to plan this wedding. <laughs> but we're going to have this baby now, though. So, um, yeah, that's what we decided. And we're happy family of three in D.C., um, which I found out while I was pregnant is actually a maternity desert. Everything since you're, you know, the area east of the river, there is nothing. There's no, the whole east side of D.C. has no labor and delivery as of 2018. That was a disturbing statistic for me. I was like, wow. Yeah. So very concerned. So as you were looking around and planning, tell us a little bit about your pregnancy, how that all went for you. Um, I had a really great pregnancy. I love being pregnant. Um, I did start off with a practice in um, Maryland, and I did not feel heard there. I remember telling the doctor that I wanted to have a natural birth. She laughed at me. And I was like, oh, I got to get out of here. So then I started asking around about like, midwives and started doing like research about that because I hadn't really, I didn't even thought about it. So um, like four or five months into pregnancy, I'm like researching, asking people, and I find out about GW midwives. And I'm like, all right, that's probably a safer bet for me. Um, and I went to their, uh, they have like a, Q&A session where you can come ask all your questions and they break down all the statistics um, about their c-section rates and things like that and I was like this is a perfect place for me um, and so I moved forward with that and I did a lot of preparation honestly I mean I spent my whole birth like watching labors watching births like watching doula diaries on Facebook like following all the births on on Instagram mainly like peaceful births and water births just work births that I really envision for myself um so I always watch like things that were kind of showed like women in control like the women like pulling their baby out like the women that were like I got this I can do this I was meant to do this that really empowered me personally and um you know finding women that that believe that for themselves and it was it was kind of difficult but I kind of looked around at like my Instagram like followers and people that I followed and I kind of reached out to a few people and they ended up having similar stories like natural stories and um, just stories where they feel like they reached out to their ancestors and I was like oh like I just you know just kept probing them about their story and how they knew that they were in labor what they did and um, that kind of helped guide me, you know, throughout my pregnancy. Um, another thing that I did that I don't hear a lot of people talk about is I visited a chiropractor. Um, probably right around 36 weeks or something like that. Uh, and I've been traveling back and forth to Miami for work up until like 34 weeks. So you can imagine like sitting in an airplane and traveling all the time can kind of mess up your alignment. 
and they align my hips, which they say helps like the baby come down the birth canal like easier. And my doula had been talking about it the whole entire time. And I was like, yeah, whatever, I'm not gonna do that. And then like, as soon as I stopped flying, I was like, well, I have all this free time. I should go see a chiropractor. And I definitely think it was one of the best things I did. Um, and I worked out the whole pregnancy. I did prenatal yoga. I did bar, which is kind of like a ballet style workout. I did a lot of affirmations. So a lot of, um, and I think, I think my partner came up with this, but whenever I fear snuck in about whether she was in the right position or anything like that, we were always like, she knows what to do. She knows what to do. I'm sure her body was made for your body. You guys will get through this. You guys know what to do. I love that. I really do love that, that affirming piece and that, you know, your partner was really supportive and reminding you of that as well. Um, but you are, we don't talk a lot about what, like the alignment that does happen with our bodies when we're growing humans inside. Like, I, I don't even think sometimes we, we realize until we like things start to ache or pain. Like we all know that there's a huge shift, but like when we really break down, like our organs are moving, your, your spine is curving, like all of those things that's going, like what that can actually do in your alignment and how beneficial for some people body work can be, um, like chiropractic care. And I think people think, oh, they're like cracking parts, but there's like different methods of body work within that about just moving like your hips in a certain way. So baby has like a better position, um, better room to come down or move, um, how beneficial that can be. So, yeah. I think too, with the chiropractor, um, a lot of people just aren't used to taking care of their bodies beyond going to a regular doctor. Mm. Right? Like we're doing this specific, True. I need a, a annual checkup or from your OBGYN, like unless you're pregnant or getting your pap, you really don't even interact with your midwife or OBGYN. And so it's, um, adding a new service that's like centered towards you that doesn't have anything to do with something else that's going on in your, your life or that you're just used to doing, but that it's a specialty field that a lot of people just don't tap into even after having your child. Right. Right. I even did um, an induction massage that last weekend. Mm. I, think I was due that Monday and that Friday I had an induction massage and that, that also I think like really relaxed my body and just got me ready like mentally physically i was very relaxed and at peace moving forward and knowing that my baby will come when she's ready and just preparing my body for that journey um so you had said before like in preparation like looking for care providers um and the lack of maternity care in your area how did like did you have a plan to have a doula at your birth like how did that um, work yeah so I planned to have a doula at my birth and um, we interviewed a few people and a lot of the big doula practices I guess in DC were full of like young um, non-black people um, that had never had kids <laughs> that was that was troubling to me I was like I don't think that this is going to be a good fit. And, you know, we did all of our interviews together as a couple. And um, finally, I reached out to someone or someone reached out to me on Instagram, and they told me that their sister was in the DC doula community and connected me with someone that gave me like a long list of people. 
So I ended up going through that list and finding someone, Fatima. Um, she's on Instagram, Fatima Oasis Dula. Um, she is amazing. She basically specializes a lot in like the women preparation, not just like the baby, but she brought over like um, lactation cookies when it was over and soups for healing and affirmations um, and the hypnobirthing. Like she, you know, she was just a great support. I really, really appreciate her. Um, very much like a spiritual doula. Like, I don't know if there's like different types, but she was just very like in tune with like me turning into myself and empowering me like find by my experience and I really really enjoyed that um as far as the GW midwives it's kind of difficult because they do rotate their women so you you don't know who's going to deliver your baby um so you do have to meet with all the doulas throughout your um all your prenatal appointments and that wasn't really my favorite um I definitely I definitely wanted a home birth but I didn't think I was ready but I definitely was ready. <laughs> um, so I definitely would do that in the future. Uh, but still, you know, there's so many like barriers to hiring a midwife to treat you at home. Like, is it going to be covered by insurance? Hopefully with this pandemic, hopefully that will change because that's kind of um, been a really alarming thing right now is people can't take you guys can't take the doulas into the hospital and, so hopefully this really opens up that avenue for people to birth at home and for it to be covered under health insurance. So that would be a ray of shining light. <laughs> that <Yes>. is, <laughs> I think there's even um, a lot of CPMs are out there, um, not even CPMs, like lay midwives and, and all different types of midwives are trying to get that coverage, you know, because they do have an increase, a serious increase in need and desire of women who want to birth at home and just don't have the ability to cover it. Yeah. Even though hospital births cost more than home births. Oh, can we? Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's a whole nother show, right? <laughs> Add it to the list of topics to cover later. Okay. <laughs> Getting the bills back. Like, who was this person? Did I see who I just paid for? <laughs> mad and the bills never come all at once it's like eight weeks later you got another bill like listen birth is over um, good luck <laughs> right <laughs> but um and you saying that you could have had a home birth can you tell us your birth experience how did that oh, go yeah. <laughs> Okay, hold on. I don't want to miss anything. <laughs> so, my birth experience. It was really so surreal. I can't even, ugh, I can't even describe how unreal it still feels today. Like, I went into labor Mother's Day last year. Uh, I woke up that morning so sad. I was like, I wanted to be a mom today. I'm not a mom. I, w I was so upset. And so moving forward with my day, I'm like, all right, whatever. Let me just enjoy my non-Mother's Day, Mother's Day. And um, I think I started to feel some birth waves because we refer to them as birth waves in our house. <laughs> um, but I didn't want to, you know, take it too seriously too early. 
because that's the story. That you go to the hospital too early and you get sent home or then they're just tracking you and then they have to induce you. So I was like, um, I don't know if those are really it. It just feels, you know, like period cramps. I was like, no, I'm not going to take it serious yet. So I literally go on about our day. Like we go to an open house. I cook dinner. And the whole time, JV, my partner, is staring at me like, oh, I'm not going to work tomorrow. I'm like, really? He was like, yeah, do you see how you just hunched over? I'm like, I don't know. I think I'm okay. Like, it's the belly just getting heavy. Like, whatever. So after we eat this spicy dinner I made, you know, that's one of the things that's supposed to be a trigger. I make a spicy dinner. And by 9 p.m., I'm like, all right, yeah, you're right, you're right. These are birth waves. I'm, yeah, you're right. And he, like, war runs me a warm bath. I get in the bath, relax. He contacts the doula. He starts tracking my contractions on this app. And the doula's like, just get some rest. It's going to be, you know, a long day tomorrow or something. Nobody still believed it was going to happen tonight. So, all right. So we get in the bed. It's 11. I'm trying to sleep, but the birth waves keep coming. And he's tracking them. And um, finally, around two, the doula comes. I don't know. I was so zoned out, to be honest. I don't know how many times he called her or texted her or whatever. Um, but finally, around 2 a.m., she comes over and um, relieves him because he obviously had been holding it down from 9 p.m. to 2 a.m., which I'm so proud of him. I mean, he really allowed me to really focus. Like, I had no distractions. I wasn't worried about contacting anyone. I wasn't worried about the length. I was just like, they started, they stopped, take a nap, wake up. They started, they stopped, take a nap. So um, she comes, she relieves him. And I was, must've been just in this zoned out place because I just feel like I was somewhere trying to retrieve my baby. This whole time it's like dark, you know, it's 3 a.m. It's dark. I'm like, okay, I'm going through this. Like, where is she? Where is she? I feel like I was searching for my baby in this alternate universe or something. And then finally at 5 a.m., I feel that pressure of her head. And I'm like, I snap out of it. Like I wake up. I'm like, she wants me to push every, we have to go. And we, they helped me to the bathroom. And um, I think my doula asked to look between my legs and she was like, well, I don't see anything. So I sit down use the bathroom and boom, my water breaks. And they both like, look in the toilet like what is that because i guess i was so dramatic about feeling that pressure that they were like oh, you're not having a baby right, right <laughs> and that was so lightly because i was so zoned out like i don't know where i was like i was so zoned out and um within minutes like he goes gets the car we get in the car we rush to gw and he's just like giving me a play-by-play because -play, i'm at this point i'm nervous I'm like, what happens if you hold your baby in? Your baby wants to come out. Like, should I just have it in the car? Should I stay home? Should somebody come here? Like, I had, like, new fears. I was like, oh, my gosh. I've zoned out so long. Now my baby's ready to come, and I'm not in the position to do it. So I'm, like, praying to her, like, forgive me. <laughs> Give me a few minutes. <laughs> it, it was so nerve-wracking. So we get to the hospital, and obviously I can't sit in a wheelchair or anything like you see on the movies. I could not do that. I had, to, I felt that pressure. I was like, I have to walk. Um, so I walk in and there's like a lot of friction, like the, the, um, 
I mean, we came in a rush, so I kind of understand it. Like, hold up, who are you? But I'm like, I need to deliver my baby. So they're like trying to figure out who I am. And I'm like, I need to be checked. Like, I'm, I'm ready to push this baby out. So they take me into like triage. And I'm like, I don't need to go to triage. I'm, I'm positive. And they check and they're like, oh, you're nine centimeters dilated. And they rush me to delivery room. And they're still like trying to figure out who I am for some reason. I do not understand this. And I'm like, yo, I've been with GW Midwife since January. It's May. Like, I don't know, but my baby wants to come out now. They're like, can we hook you up to an IV? Can we do a blood test? I'm like, no, nothing. You can't do anything. I need to push this baby out and then we can talk. <laughs> so like that. On the bed, <laughs> all fours, bottom up in the air. I'm like, I'm about to push this baby out. So I asked them, like, can I push? They're like, oh, yeah, I mean, whenever you're ready. <laughs> I mean, your bottom is up. So I literally, like, wait for the next birth wave. And I just take some deep breaths. And I just yoga hum her out. Like, I just hum and just push her out. Literally, I think we got to the hospital at 545. She was out by 620. And I'm just happy. Like, I'm like, I did it. She's here. And now they're like, oh, you need some Pitocin. I was like, what? No, I don't. They're like, no, we think you're bleeding a lot. I'm like, I really don't believe you. Like, it was, it was strange. It was like, I watched so many documentaries, and I was just like, no, I'm good. My doula got me some breakfast from across the street. Like, I was like, no, actually, I feel fine. Like, I don't feel lightheaded. I feel fine. And um, I ended up being told that that was because it was almost 7 a.m. And it was right before like a shift change. And some of the nurses, I guess, don't want to get blamed for anything happening right at that time. Um, so maybe that's maybe that has happened to someone. Um, but I was just like, I refused everything. I was like, I'm not doing an IV before. I'm not doing a blood test. I'm not doing Pitocin now. going to birth the um, afterbirth, the placenta, and like, I'm not doing anything. So they just kept coming over. We agreed that they would check um, for the next hour to make sure my bleeding wasn't out of control. And literally within the hour, they're like, oh no, you're fine. You didn't tear. Your bleeding is fine. I was like, are you serious? Like I could, like, that is when I really sympathize with like women who really have to fight to get what they want. I'm like, what? You guys really just tried to play me. I was only here for 30 minutes. <laughs> and you guys tried to force me to do stuff I didn't want to do. 30 mm -hmm. minutes. I cannot imagine being here for three hours, six hours, a day, 30 minutes. And I had to fight for myself a couple times. Like, that was... I was taken back. I was just taken back. Like, I was like, this is weird. I absolutely loved when you said I was so zoned out. Like I was, like, I felt like I was retreat, like trying to retrieve my baby. <laughs> like you, like I, and I could like visualize that. I could see it too. Just like being in the zone and literally like, I'm coming for you. And then you being like, she wants me to push. <laughs> Yeah, it's you such a spiritual journey, right? Yeah. Like, not even like trying to be, you know. It's just like 
It is. It is very much so when you fall into yourself and get in tune with baby as a team, it's like, we've got this. We're doing it. Like, we're fine. Yes. Yeah, we're good. Just tell me where I can you deliver this. So. <laughs> you wasn't there, so trust me. We're ready. Right. We right. Yeah. And that, like intuition of like, I'm, I'm listening to my body right now. And it's saying I need to push. I'm gonna need somebody to fall in line, okay? And I mean, I'm a I'm a type A rule follower for the most part, but I'm like, there's always some flexibility to rules and protocol. And if someone is being wielded at nine centimeters, I might hold off on really pressuring an IV right now. <laughs> you would think. You would I'm really just, think. Like, like I, I might just, what? you know baby's coming we we could probably hold off just a tad bit i understand the rules and the protocols but i'm just saying common Jeez. sense right i just spent 30 minutes in the car like i'm i need to push <laughs> okay i can't do any of those things now so uh, did they find your records eventually there's they that too. Me. For 30 minutes, they got you. But anyway, I also just wish there was like an easier way to get admitted to a hospital. There's got to be an easier way, especially when you're in labor and, right? and even, even pre registration doesn't yeah. say be trash. <laughs> pre registration be trash. It's like I spent all last week pre registering because y'all told me this would right. make it I've already done everything I'm supposed to do. But I'm still at this desk and y'all talk about we can't find your name or your doctor. What did I do last week at my visit? <laughs> I've been coming every week for the last. It's just so distracting to me. Like, you know, that they do yes. that. Yes, it takes and like distractions, flow. really, I feel like that's like one of the, between fear and distractions. So those are like the two major obstacles with having a natural. Nobody knew I was in labor all night, first of all. Nobody knew. And like, I understand people like want their family there, but honestly, families can be a distraction. Like, I remember my mom always telling me like, it was just her and my dad. And my dad, my mom had a natural birth with me. And she was just like, you know, it really just needs to be you and your partner. You guys will be closer. You guys will be connected. And so I knew that she wouldn't be offended if she wasn't there. That was one, that was one thing. Cause some people be like, my mom says she gotta be there. I'm like, so that was, that was kind of a good thing. Um, that I didn't have those distractions. Um, especially since I already had the distractions of the actual, um, nursing staff and midwife staff. I mean, if, I just can't imagine if I would have left that like take over in that moment, what would have happened? Right. I was so ready. Right. And then they were like, we weren't even on the same page. Yeah. I'm ready. And you guys want me to do a quick blood test. Like I've already been cleared. I was already low. Why, why is that coming now? And you devote so much time to going to these appointments and getting all these tests. It's like, I'm here. You guys didn't give me any reason to be worried before I got here. So I'm just ready to have this baby. Right. So how was your postpartum experience then after having such a low <laughs> prevention birth? <laughs> postpartum was a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, 
I, I mean, I nursed easily. I was able to get her to latch. Um, again, there was still a little friction um, about her like losing a little bit of weight. You know, they, they make everything a thing. That's not really a thing. That's why I tell people now. Put that like, on a shirt. They make everything don't a thing. Don't listen to them. <laughs> None of it. Just listen to yourself and your baby and y'all will be fine. So don't listen to them. Like they will try to, they were like, maybe she has a tongue tie. Maybe this. I'm like, no, she's, she's latched. I think I, I got like bruised or something at first on my nipple. And they kind of tried to make that into like a thing of her not latching properly. But I mean, she was just a little baby. Like her mouth was small. And then she got better and I got better and then we were fine. So, um, Breastfeeding was good. Um, postpartum was still stressful. It was just like a lifestyle shock for me. Um, like I said, I've been used to traveling for work and kind of getting up and going as I please. Um, you know, I'm in my 30s. So I was just kind of used to like doing my own thing or doing a lot of things with my partner. I think that was the point where I started to like, okay, I need to like find some new mommy friends. Like I need to find some community around this lifestyle. And um, luckily one of my friends, one of my hairstylists actually, she had a baby like a few weeks before me and she was also an alumni of his undergrad. So we we're both close to her, so that was good. Um, that became a good friend. And then I started going to this like mom community called Stroller Shrug. So I was able to start like working out, getting out the house, you know, just getting me and the baby dressed and out the house is like a new journey. You know, like at first it's kind of daunting. Like, you know, like, I don't want to figure out how to get us both ready and out and with everything that we need. So um, that, that kind of was good for me. Cause like I said, I was really active before that. I was always like, in fitness classes and once I had a baby I was like oh I didn't even realize I wasn't gonna just go back to fitness classes because there was nobody ever any and there was no one else around to watch the baby so I was like oh I need to work out with her <laughs> and so I just had to adjust and I started working out with her and um just trying to take my time um you know everyone's different but I had to incorporate things for myself like no, I started doing no nursing Sundays like one stint, I was like, I'm not nursing on Sundays. Like, I don't care. <laughs> it's a day of rest. I will pump this milk. You feed her. There's some in the freezer. But I am, I need a break. Once a week, I'm not nursing on Sundays. So I would like start doing little things like that just to kind of get some of my identity back. Uh, um, you really don't realize how much your identity is about to change until it happens. That is an important lesson for all breastfeeding moms. <laughs> um, taking a break, right? I mean, it's hard. It's, it's hard. so simple, yet it is hard, right? You're like, well, because people are like, do something, and you're like, what? A Start human waking up the needs me, you right? What? A human needs me. Milk is always flowing. Do what? <laughs> I only got three hours. <laughs> it means I got one and a half to get there and come back. Like, I don't want to go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely an important pointer um, for other moms. Like, even if it's not a full day, which I, I commend your full day. <laughs> day. I don't know if I ever have a full day, but <laughs> I started off my Enough day. Enough of the day, right? <laughs> 
because that does um, give moms permission, right? Permission for self, right? Like just saying, today I'm feeling like not being the giver of milk. Like I'm going to do it later or you have plenty here. Dad is capable. His nipples are useless, but we can put his hands to you <laughs> and get it done. Like, I love it. I yes, love that. yes. Necessary. So necessary. And I think a lot of us, there's like doing things for self always just has this like tinge of guilt to it. And so we do have to like remind ourselves that like our children are loved. We are here for them. Just because I took 10 minutes to myself does not mean that they are not loved or that I'm not here for them. Um, by doing those 10 minutes, I'm going to be my best self for the next 40, you know? Yeah. I mean, you need a whole new list of affirmations after you hear <laughs> Yes. And some of them still ring true. They're just like no longer associated to the pregnancies. Like, right. I can do hard things. <laughs> <laughs> And everything seems hard. Right. <laughs> In the early I can work so through this wave, this wave of my toddler right. seething. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, I, I'm literally still only breastfeeding because of COVID. There's that. You can't hide. <laughs> She's like, you I see hide. you. <laughs> you can't hide. There's like, a super virus going on so then you're like well now I really need I mean, to know the whole house gets the right but to put that in my husband's coffee while we play it <laughs> right. I'm gonna sneak it in his protein shake he, might, he, he wouldn't even know this <laughs> it's crazy I was like what like March I was like traveling for work I was like oh this is good by May I'm gonna be done everything shut down I was like what and now she just turned one like last week and I'm like I was not gonna be this mom. <laughs> <laughs> I am now this mom. Like I'm gonna be breastfeeding a toddler. This was not my plan. <laughs> this is not my journey. This is not the journey. Okay. Another affirmation. Plan changing is okay. <laughs> <laughs> So God. many life lessons. So many life lessons. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, um, in thinking about your birth, you said that there was a there's a special project that you're currently working on as a way to support and help guide other parents who want a, a similar type of birth. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so since I'm um, having Allie, I've had like a few friends, three or four friends reach out to me about um, how I prepared to have an unmedicated birth. So I started like retelling my story a couple times and giving the tips that I really believe you need to prepare like mentally, physically, and spiritually. Um, you know, mentally, it's just kind of just getting the right people around you, watching and uh, ingesting the right information. Um, watching positive births, talking to people that have positive births. You know, sometimes, you know, at some point I had to cut off people that were only telling me negative stories um, that I wouldn't be able to take the pain and 
things like that. Like I, I had to, you, you mentally have to prepare your mind to, um, to get through that and to not, you know, speak to people that are going to be constantly, um, enforcing that narrative on you. Um, and then spiritually, like the affirmations, the believing in yourself, believing in your baby, um, and then body, like physically staying active, you know, maybe the chiropractic, maybe the massage, like, I don't even really know the combination of things that made this journey um, smooth for me. Um, but I do know that doing all those things really helped me manifest that because I was very intentional. So after telling so many women um, that I knew to follow these things, and a few of them were able to have a natural birth after, um, I was like, I really, I probably need to do like a memoir. I probably need to do some kind of storytelling around this because there's not a lot of women telling the story. Um, so I decided, um, you know, I started writing a book. So, you know, we've all been home. <laughs> and I'd already decided to write the book before COVID started. Um, but obviously since COVID started, I've wrote more than I would have expected to write in a short period of time. So basically, um, I kind of ex explore some of the intergenerational trauma that is associated with that we're passing down that tells us that we can't do this or that we shouldn't do this. Um, and, and some of the truths, like sometimes I don't even really believe why we trust um, health professionals so much. I mean, they've, they've hurt black people so many times, to be honest. Um, and that's, I mean, it's all documented. It's all documented. Um, so I kind of address that and I address the steps that I took and I just really want to help more women manifest um, the birth that they envision for themselves. It's totally possible. Um, people just have to dive into it, speak up for themselves, um, you know, not give in to all the fear, distractions. I mean, it's just it's steps that I really think that really helped me accomplish that because I'm not... I'm not like the most strongest or most woke person in the world, but I was able to do it. But aren't you? Aren't you? <laughs> oh, I mean, now I do feel a little more woke now. I do. <laughs> I do. I do. Yes. There is an awakening in all that. Um, even if it's not like on the level of what are you, whatever you're thinking, like other names and different things like that, but like there's an awakening about yourself that just happens within birth in general and it, it exposes your strengths and your weaknesses right and it's up to you to see figure out where you're going to take that right mm -hmm. and, and I love that you you put that energy into something that you can provide support to other women and and because birth is happening no matter what COVID no COVID like this is continuous birth has been going on since the beginning of time so thank you so much for sharing your story with us today Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, not sharing the most relatable story, but I still think it is. Okay. <laughs> I know we're biased because we're like, yes, yes, but it is. Biased like or not. Taking, right. It's like when polls and surveys come out, people that usually take them really have really great experiences or really bad experiences. And then finding enough people to hit the middle and get a better understanding of what something is like, that's where you're at. You're in the middle. You're right in that middle where 
you you kind of trying to figure out like we can't get a good average if we just keep getting these good ah. right. <laughs> that's very true that's a good point and it's important for moms that, to be able to just just have a, a good um variety of sources right and just having more positive stories that are happening that allow people to just not walk into that fear like we were talking about like the more you hear someone saying you're not going to do be able to do like how do you know what i'm going to be able to do <laughs> told me that man and i would be like who are you to tell me that i cannot do i, I remember being so upset when i was pregnant like arguing with people that i could have a natural birth i was like i'm gonna have to be able to do this because i'm, <laughs> I'm <laughs> a grown man now like i'm gonna <laughs> never seen that man again in a day in my life but I wish I wish I would <laughs> well is there anything else that you'd want to share with listeners resources advice anything else from your birth um I definitely want to remind women um that they are born to do this they hold the power of their birth experience speak up know your options um, this was never meant to be a painful experience. You're meant to do this. You're meant to bring life into the world. And I mean, this is just a rite of passage. Embrace it. Believe it. It can be peaceful. It can be empowering. Um, thank you so much for having me on Birth Stories in Color. Keep getting people to tell positive stories, relatable stories, unrelatable stories, all <laughs> stories. Um, you know, our community really needs this. Thanks for listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, head to birthstoriesincolor.com.